Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Redlands campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. Let me take you back to 1928, 93 years ago. Don't know the date, but I know the year, 1928. On page 16 of the Sunday Mail, this article was written. We've got a picture of it here. You won't be able to read that, so I'm going to read it to you. As I read it, let me, it's not scripture, but let me read it. And as we read through it, make a few comments because I'm fascinated about what was planted 93 years ago and the fruit that has grown from that seed from 1928 in Holland Park. First two words, great enthusiasm. Mark the opening of the new Baptist church at Holland Park on Saturday afternoon. What's going on there? You didn't know about our Seventh-day Adventist roots, did you? No, I'm just kidding. That's when the opening was. The little 30 feet by 18 feet building capable of seating more than 100 persons being filled to overflowing. Introduced by Reverend E.V. Keith. This is the guy who rode his bike. It would have been so much better if he rode a horse, but he didn't. He rode a bike. Who will have charge of the new church, Reverend A.J. Weller, OBE, President of the Baptist Union of Queensland. Let me, let me pause there for a second. Do you know who the new, the current president of the Baptist Union of Queensland is? I'll give you a hint, you just saw him in video. Now he's, he's pretty excited that to, as, a, as the president of the Baptist Union of Queensland, even though it's not his title now, that there is the potential of getting an order of the British Empire. He doesn't know what you have to do in order to get there, but he's, he's, uh, he's praying and he's hoping that that will come. So please pray, because we feel that that would just lift our church to new heights if it was Jason Ellsmore OBE. I can't tell if you're laughing underneath your masks or not, but anyway, I'm, I'm laughing for sure. I think you'd be very embarrassed if you got an OB. Anyway, this guy, AJ Weller, he performed the opening ceremony. He congratulated the congregation on the excellent site chosen for the building and stated that he felt sure that this was to be the seedling from which would spring a much larger, and listen, and more pretentious church. Didn't quite have the same reaction here as it has in other campuses that we would be described as a pretentious church. Does that mean we're pretentious at Gateway Redlands? Still getting no reaction. Okay, I think we might be. Let's not be a pretentious church. Let's not fulfill that uh, prophetic word over us. We don't want to be a pretentious church. But listen to what was said there, a seedling from which a much larger church would be planted. I mean, when, when those people gathered in 1928, 93 years ago, those maybe over 100 people who, who would call Holland Park Baptist Church home, did they ever think that one day, in the not too distant future, the Gateway, Holland Park, Gateway Baptist would become one church in many locations? Did anyone in that room that day even know where Victoria Point was? I don't reckon they did. Maybe they came here for their holidays. I don't know. But I, I meant to look up when Victoria Point was founded as a suburb, but it might not have even been a suburb back then. But would they have even known? And I reckon most of the people in the room, if not all of them, are now dead. But would they have known that the seed that they were planting that day would sprout and would see fruit established, tr new trees established in Ormo and Logan and the Redlands and the city? And Mackenzie even. I don't think they had any idea and yet this was the word that was said as that seed was planted 93 years ago. This would sprout into a much larger church. That's the thing about seeds, isn't it? 
when you plant it, you actually don't know what you're going to get. You've got some expectations because you know the seed you're planting. But when you plant a seed, uh, if you're like me, often when I plant a seed, the overwhelming sense that I get down the track is disappointment because without fail, the, the flower or the, or the plant that comes from that seed dies. But sometimes uh, you get just what you expect. You plant the seed and you get the thing that you expect it to be. But there are other times... And praise God for Gateway Baptist Church and what he's done over 93 years because there are some times when you plant a seed and all of your expectations are completely blown out of the water with what grows from that seed. Because in Holland Park that day, a plant grew and fruit was grown, fruit was produced. But then that seed went to Mackenzie and a new plant was established. And then that seed from that tree New trees were established in, on the Gold Coast, the Redlands, Logan and Brisbane City. And I don't think anyone on that day in 1928 actually would have imagined, dare hoped or imagined what God would do over the next 10 decades or nine decades. But at the same time, may we never become pretentious. Let me keep reading the article. The Gathering after the doors had been ceremoniously thrown wide open, moved into the church where a Sunday, where a service was conducted by Mr. Weller, it was actually a Saturday, who took as the subject his address, subject of his address, shining and serving. He paused again, the doors had been ceremoniously thrown wide open. I don't know if you get sick of hearing it, May you not get sick of hearing it. May we never get sick of saying that everyone who comes through the doors of, a gate, through the doors of Gateway is welcome. I love that back in 1928, there was this ceremonial moment when the doors were flung wide open. I love the description. It wasn't just an opening of the door. They were flung wide open as if to say to Brisbane, you are welcome here. You will find a home here. You will find a place here. God loves you and you will find yourself here in his love. And we have been establishing and building and constructing doors all over Brisbane since then. In fact, all over the world. Would they have known that doors would be thrown wide open in all the places I mentioned before? But would they have known in 1928 that doors would be thrown wide open in Cambodia to girls who would be rescued from trafficking? Would they have known that doors would be flung wide open in Myanmar as they're about to be as we establish a resource centre? We raised money for that last year and within within a short time there'll be a, a community hub with doors flown wide open to the people of Myanmar to say you are welcome here. You will find purpose here. You will find love here. Would they have known that doors would be thrown wide open on a Friday night to young people all across? 60 young kids was the, was the, the, the DNA of this church when it began. And now all over Brisbane on Friday nights, thousands of kids welcomed to different ministries that Gateway runs. Most importantly, would they have known the doors represented in this building, the doors to your homes as you have flung them wide open to welcome people to your table, to welcome people into your lounge room, to welcome people into your life groups, to say you will find love here, you will find your place here. Let me keep going. Mr. Keith pointed out that the building had been erected largely by volunteer labour recruited from the members of Donellan and Thompson Estate Baptist Churches. It was only a few months ago he said that they had decided to build a church at Holland Park, but the progress made by volunteer workers, many of whom had made great sacrifices to assist in the work, was so good that now, shortly before the Christmas festivities, the church was open. Love 
that the church is established, not just the building, but the church itself established by people, volunteers who gave of their time, their talent and their treasure to see the church established in Holland Park at great sacrifice. The the interesting thing about seeds is seeds can't be planted unless something dies. Did you know that? Life comes after death when it comes to seeds and new fruit. And Jesus said, unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, it will not multiply. You will not get new fruit if the seed doesn't die. And Jesus calls us to this life of sacrificial living sacrificing our own needs, sacrificing our own resources to see others lifted up, to see others thrive and flourish. And I love that a part of our DNA right from the beginning is the church was established in Holland Park off the back of volunteer people who made great sacrifices. And I believe it with all my heart, it wasn't just to put a building in Holland Park, it was to see a community, a family of God established there where people could come and flourish and thrive as they discovered the love of God. This is the lifestyle that Jesus calls his church to. So much has changed in 93 years. So much has changed in 2,000 years. But this life of sacrifice that Jesus calls us to, he still calls us to. And here in the Redlands in 2022, that's the life we are called to. And I've got to tell you, easy words to say from a platform on a Sunday morning, but the complete tide of culture flows against that ideal. Everything, everywhere you look will tell you, no, 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 you live for yourself and for the people that you care most about. Jesus says, no, 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 that's not the way of the kingdom. The way of the kingdom is sacrifice for the sake of others, even for your enemies. From what I've heard of the short history of this campus, what I love about this article, I haven't finished reading it yet, but from what I've heard, this, this campus just over three years ago in 2018, an article like this could have very well be written. The way that this place started three and a half years ago, the way that people gave of their time, gave of their talent, gave of their treasure to see a community of faith established here at Victoria Point in the Redlands. We have been established here in the same way that the church was originally established in Holland Park and we will stay the course We will continue to sacrifice to see more people experience the life-transforming gospel of Jesus. Amen? Amen. You keep reading. Representatives of the Baptist Union of Queensland had selected the fine site in Yuletide Street off Logan Road and it had been purchased for the rather large sum of 250 pounds. There's a lot of money in my day. However, An old building had been acquired for removal and this had now been reconstructed, the total cost being £170, including seats, an organ and other furnishings thanks to the wholehearted assistance of the Nanellan and Thompson Estate Churches. When it was considered that only eight weeks had elapsed between the putting in of the stumps and the opening, progress had been remarkably rapid. Reverend B. Hewinson, Mr. A.E. Bickmore and others also delivered short addresses. At this point, I want to say some things do change. Hopefully, it won't be too long this morning. At the conclusion of the service, a basket tea was held. I don't even know what that is. Uh, And Reverend T. McColl conducted a service in the evening. And those last few words, we are going to continue to embrace our origins we are going to start a service in the evening next month. Uh, on March 13th, we are launching our uh, monthly PM service, 5 PM. Uh, we're going to have a service here. We're going to do it monthly. 
uh, as, a, as something of a trial where it, the, 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 as we gather, it won't be a trial. It'll be we want to come, our hearts full, our hearts wanting to worship, uh, to bring people to hear the life-transforming message of Jesus. Uh, we, want to, we want to create space for that. We want to create more room for that. Uh, and so we will start monthly on the second Sunday of each month, looking to, in 2023, move to weekly. But we want to establish that here, like they did back then, a service in the evening, a service in the evening at Gateway Redlands. So that's our roots. That's where we came from, Gateway Redlands. You may not think that, well, what have we got to do with people who called Holland Park home? Well, now you know. Now you know that's where we are from. That's our heart. That's our DNA. That's what God has woven into us as the seed that was planted that day in 1928 has borne fruit that has died, fallen to the ground, and some of it has fallen here in Victoria Point in the Redlands. And here we are. And you are beautiful fruit. And may there be more. The, sub, the title of the address from AJ Weller that, A.G. Weller that day was Shining and Serving, and that's the title of my address today. I'm not using a descriptor of short yet because I may eat my words. But anyway, Shining and Serving, that was the message 93 years ago, and that is the message today. Shining and Serving, we stay the course. You know, we celebrate what's gone. As Jason said, we're, we're praying for God to do what he's done in the past. He's done incredible things in the past, not to do it in exactly the same way, but the same God that is able to work miracles. And you think Holland Park lived through a world war. We, thought, we think it's been tough to live through a pandemic. Imagine living through a world war. And yet still that fruit grew and grew and grew. We stay the course to see our vision realized. At this point, I want to draw your attention to this booklet, the Towards 100 booklet. Um, you'll be given a copy of this as you leave, the welcome team. In, uh, Danny called them Navy. I reckon they're deep royal blue. We're gonna, put your hand up if you think they're Navy. Not many hands, Danny. Put, put your hand up if you think they're deep royal blue. Okay, I'm not going colorblind. Deep royal blue from now on, okay, thank you. Very good. It's the same color as the shirts is the Towards 100 Vision booklet. I want to invite you to, to read through this. This is like a prayer guide to be praying uh, as we move through the next seven years. This is, what we, this is the church that we feel God is showing us that we're going to be by the year 2028 when we turn 100. Um, so have, have, grab a copy of that on your way out. That'll tell you all the numbers and the figures and everything like that um, that we're expecting to see uh, God do. But let's, let's, uh, let's get to the heart of it this morning because we, we won't get there if we don't embrace this lifestyle, this attitude and this posture of shining and serving. In that sense, it's actually not rocket science. You look at a church like Gateway and you think complexity, big organization, how do you keep it moving? How do you keep communication flying? How do you keep it? Let's just break it down. It's not rocket science. The people of God living as Jesus did, shining and serving, will see the church grow. That's how Jesus said it would happen. The way you love each other will show the world that you belong to me. The way you love God, the way you love others. Shining and serving. This is like a two-stroke engine. I know nothing about engines, but I know there's a thing called a two-stroke engine. And it's a two-stroke engine. I don't even know if this is what two-stroke engines do. Can anyone help me out? But there's two strokes going on here. And one shining and one serving. Here's the thing. The engine doesn't work if only one's going. It stops working and your grass will continue to grow long. But when, you've got the, when, you, when it's all working well, it's a two-stroke engine, shining and serving, shining and serving. Jesus has been calling his people to shine and serve for the last 2,000 years, and nothing has changed. 
except the context, but we continue to shine and serve. And I think this call to shine and serve is best summed up in a pretty, in, in Jesus' answer to a pretty decent question that's recorded in Matthew 22. And this may be familiar to many of you. This was the question, teacher, what's the greatest commandment in the law? This wasn't an ingenious question, by the way, that this, this guy came up with. This was the question you asked a rabbi to make sure they were legit, to make sure they were kosher, that they, they, were, they were, you know, traditional, we're not, we're not moving outside of the square here. This is, this is you know, you'd expect to get the answer that Jesus gave. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the Lord? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment and the second is like it. No, no, I didn't ask for a second, I asked for one. No, no, well, Jesus says, no, the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. The second is like it. The second is like it. Like, like Jesus is saying, loving God is like loving your neighbor. And he's saying, you can, you, it's a two-stroke engine. You can't have one without the other. They're so entwined. They're so together that to, to only have one is to have neither. You have both going on. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. Shine and serve. Love your God, love your neighbor. Shine and serve. Let's think about what it means to shine. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is growing, growing in and living out our passion, our devotion to the Father, Son, and the Spirit. Here's, here's what God's love does. It lights us up. God's love lights us up. And, and, and sometimes, literally, you know, Moses goes up on the hill and spends his time with God, and he comes back down, and people describe him as glowing, like literally being lit up. But God's love lights us up. It, it, lights, it, gives us, it gives us a sense of what it means to be truly human, to live as we were meant to live, when we live in God's love. The one who is the light of the world lights his people up. It's what the gospel does. The gospel lights us up. When we discover our true humanity in relationship with Jesus, we are lit up. And that light grows in many ways. That light continues to shine in many ways. But let me, let me just focus on two in particular when it comes to this, when we gather together. Prayer and worship. Worship and prayer. Another one of these two-stroke engines. One of our values, and we'll talk about this next week, over the next uh, five weeks after this week, we are working through this series called Who We Are. We're going over our five values that Jason talked about in the video. These are the life group booklets. You can grab a copy of this on the way out. Um, if you would like to join a life group, you'd like to express interest, even if it's just for the next five weeks, to work through this, scan on the QR code that you'll see in front of you, fill out a form there, and that will go to Kathy, who's not here this morning. She's in isolation, and she would be, she'll be in contact with you to help you find a life group. Um, either permanently or over the next five weeks as we, as we work through this together. You can grab a copy to work through with your family or on your own or whatever else, but uh, it's going to be great to go through these values together. So starting next week, our first value that we're going to look at is hungering for the presence of God. And I find this challenging because I, I'm, a, I'm a campus pastor at Gateway, but how would I rate my hunger for the presence of God? There's room for improvement. And I reckon there's probably room for improvement for you as well. But, we, but that hunger is both satisfied and it also grows as we pray and as we worship, as we express our deep gratitude for God. I think sometimes we come on a Sunday morning and we feel a bit like we're being led in karaoke. Like the words are on the screen. The only thing that's missing is a little dot that goes above the words. 
But hey, if, if you come and there's a sense of, oh my goodness, here we go again, I don't really want to. In fact, I'm not even going to go. I'm not even going to arrive until like 9.20 because most of the songs will be sung by then and I, I, can't, really, I can't really stand it. I, I, just, I, I, would, I wouldn't want to judge you, but I want to question your hunger for the presence of God. I'd like, I'd like to question you about what, what is in your heart that is lacking that, that need to express your joy and your gratitude for God's goodness in your life. There may be a very logical answer to that. But I'd question you. I'd question me. This is a way to express our deep gratitude for what God has done. And as we do that, there, like I said, it's, it's like this weird thing of our hunger being satisfied while also deepening. And as we pray together, as we pray with one another, as we pray on our own and we pray for the things of God, we pray for the kingdom to come, for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, there's a reason why Jesus said, here's how, you, here's how to start when you're praying. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Worshipping, aligning ourselves with God, not just bringing our shopping list, but aligning ourselves with God, with his ways and, and with his will. So then when we pray, we know that we can comfortably attach in Jesus' name to those prayers. Some, some of our prayers, we're going to be really embarrassed that we attach Jesus' name to those. But when we align ourselves with the will of God, Jesus says, whatever you ask in my name, it will be given to you. You know, Sundays are really important for this. Sundays are really important for this. In this day of full diaries, I encourage you, and it's, again, it's easy for the campus pastor to say this because it's a work day for me, whatever. I'd lo- I love Sundays. Don't prioritize Sunday out of your life. This is an important uh, rhythm for the follower of Jesus to be here, to gather with God's people. Hebrews 10, don't give up meeting together. Don't give up meeting together. So starting next Sunday when it comes to prayer, uh, as I said, we're, start, we're, we're looking at our value. We hunger for the presence of God. We are, we are calling you. We're inviting you to join us across all our campuses to 21 days of prayer and fasting. We'll talk more about this next week, but starting next Sunday, 21 days of prayer and fasting for our church and for our cities. Uh, and so uh, sign up for that. Jump into that and expect God to do great things as his people pray. May we all shine like stars in the world, brighter and brighter. The way to shine, though, and we won't actually shine if we're not willing to serve. Shining and serving. The second is like it, says Jesus. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. But I was just listening to some scripture the other day. Love your enemy as yourself. He takes it even further. Love your neighbor, including your enemy. Sometimes your neighbor is your enemy, particularly when they ask you to cut a tree down, which I didn't nearly fell on their house. But that's another story. There's a two-stroke engine, each relying on the other one to work. You can't separate them or the engine explodes. It doesn't work. To love God is to love others. And John writes this so plainly. John, the follower of Jesus, who heard Jesus say this stuff about loving your neighbor, here's how he concludes. He says, dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is John at pains to say, you can't separate these things. You can't love God and be a worship leader and raise your hands in worship and walk out the door and be a complete jerk. Those two things do not compute. 
This is what Jesus, when the Good Samaritan, these, the, the, the Levite and the priest, these are worship leaders, these are pastors in the church who once they've done their religious duty and they're leaving the temple, they walk on by a guy who's beaten up and nearly dying in the, in the ditch on the side of the road. And they walk on by. They don't really love God because they haven't loved their neighbour. You can't separate the two. Jesus says in Matthew 5, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Here's the shining again. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. So he, here he's talking about shining, right? He's talking about the light that we have been given. And, and I love how he says a city built on a hill because that's a collective thing, right? You, you, you as an individual are not the city on the hill, but as we are together, as, as individual lights shining together, then we become this city on the hill that Jesus describes. So, but what, what's it mean to shine? Jesus says, in the same way, let your light shine before others. Here it is, here's how you shine. That they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Your good deeds, what are good deeds? Serving others, love in action. The way you shine is to serve. You can't shine if you're not serving. You can't serve without shining. And so let's break this down. Let's start with serving one another. Like John said, loving one another. Here we are as God's people who have said, this is the local church. This is the expression of the people of God that I felt he has called me to be a part of. I'm not just gonna be passive. I'm not just gonna come and sit in a pew on Sunday and say, tick the church box. There's so much more to this life than that. Let me say the best way to serve one another is to join a life group. Like that, that sounds like a big sell for life groups, but it's just true. The best way to serve others, to serve other fellow believers is in the context of a smaller group where you can get to know one another, where you can confess your sins to one another, where you can carry one another's burdens, where you can serve one another really practically. So join a life group. There it is. Don't just sign up for five weeks, sign up even better. Lead a life group. Be a host. Say, I'm going I'm to host it. You don't, you don't need to be a great teacher to lead a life group. You just be, need to be willing to ceremoniously throw your doors wide open and say, come, come to my home and we will gather and we will love one another and we will serve one another. On a practical note, if you'd like to join a life group or lead a life group, again, QR code, fill out the form. If you're thinking of leading a group, just put that on the form and that will get to Kathy and we will be in touch with you to talk more about that. Here's another way to serve each other. You know, in preparing this message, I did a lot of considering. I considered a lot. Like I, I, I sat uh, at home and I considered what I was going to say this morning. As Ben led worship this morning, he did a lot of considering. What songs are we going to sing? What am I going to say in between each song? As Megan sat here and sang, she did a lot of considering. She didn't sit, she, st she stood actually. But she considered a lot as did the team, as did all the team up the back, is that, you know, Jess, Jess has done a ton of considering this morning about what she will do in order to minister to you guys and to your children. But that considering is actually a command to all of us. That, that Hebrews 10 passage I read before, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us consider how we might spur one another on towards love and good deeds. I have this dream, this, this, this picture of a great Sunday where every single one of you who loves Jesus takes a moment, and it might not be as many moments as I take to preach a sermon. It might even be five to nine as you're getting out of the car. Jesus, 
let me consider who and how can I spur someone on to love and good deeds today? Who, who can I pray for? Who, who have you given me a word for? Rather than just talking about the weather or the footy or whatever else, who can I spur on towards love and good deeds? Hey, I just want to encourage you with this word. I just want, like I know you're going through something at the moment. I'm praying for you. Here's, here's a bunch of flowers. Here's, here's a meal, whatever. Imagine what Sunday would be like if all of us who call Gateway Redlands home, who love Jesus, took a moment to consider how to spur one another on towards love and good deeds. And let's not limit our dreaming to Sunday. Imagine if you woke up every day with that prayer. Who is it today, God? Who is it today that you want me to serve, that you want me to encourage, that you want me to minister to? Serving one another, really spontaneous, not formal, very informal, uh, very unstructured. But then there are the more formal, more structured ways to serve, and that's through joining something we are newly calling in this new season, Team Gateway. And in a few weeks' time, we're going to have sign-up Sunday. We're going, to show, we're going to present to you all the different ways that you can serve at Gateway Redlands. Uh, some of those are really obvious, like the team up here, the team uh, in, in kids' ministry and other th- things around the place, but there are a bunch of other ways that you can serve, and we're going to tell you more about those things. And, and we believe that every person who calls Gateway Redlands home has been given gifts and talents that God wants you to use here. I'd say it this way. We are less... We are far less as a campus if you aren't serving some way. If you aren't doing what God wants you to do in this campus, we, the rest of us, suffer. That's just the reality. How much are we suffering? That's up to you to work out for yourself. But as we come up to uh, the Team Gateway Sign Up Sunday, we're going to let you know about all the different ways that we can serve, what the needs are, and there's some really exciting opportunities there, whether you are a leader or you love just to be that servant person who just works in the background, there will be a role for you. There is room for you. Actually, the date we'll do that is March 6th, which again feels so late in the year, but that's the year we've had, right? But here is the best way to serve. I have this really strong conviction and belief that as good and as necessary and as beautiful and as important as it is to serve each other in the church and to join a, a ministry team and to minister to one another in the church, the most important place and your primary place of ministry is where you spend most of your time with people who don't yet know Jesus. And where you will be at 10, 12 a.m. tomorrow is probably that place. Whether it's work or school or university, or at home with your neighbours, or hanging out with friends, or whatever it is, wherever you spend most of your time with people who don't yet know Jesus, that is the place that God has called you to serve. That is the place where he has strategically placed you to serve. And Team Gateway is not just about putting on a nice, deep royal blue t-shirt. Team Gateway is about a lifestyle of serving and seeing the people around us as people who God has strategically placed us to serve. Who are those people for you? I love how Paul says it in Colossians 3. This is like one of my favorite, top five favorite verses. Whatever you do, like that word, whatever, not whatever like teenagers say it, if they even say it these days, but whatever you do, everything that you do, whatever it is, whatever it is, whenever, whatever, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. That is whole of life. You don't just serve when you put a t-shirt on. 
followers of Jesus, you live a life of servanthood. Love God, love your neighbor, shining and serving. This is the pathway to vision 2028. This is the road marked out for us, shining and serving. There's some cool numbers in here, 10 campuses by 2028. We've got five at the moment. 10,000 stories of transformation. There's, there's maybe 100 in the room right now. 10,000 stories of people encountering that life-changing message of Jesus. But we, aren't, we won't get there just by sitting on our hands. We won't get there just by giving money. We won't get, get there any other way except shining and serving, being that two-stroke engine. But there's one more piece that's really important that will help us get there. Shining and serving, that's two S's. I've got one more S. And as, as I've said, and as Jason Ellsmore says, if you've got three letters, you've got three points, they'll start with the same letter. You know it's from the Spirit. So I hope you're listening. The great commandment to love God and love your neighbor sits alongside this great commission from Jesus. This great commission, this thing that he told his followers and he tells us to do in the world as we go and as we shine as we, and as we serve, we are to love God, we are to love our neighbours and we are to make disciples. We are to make disciples. We're, we're to invite people to become followers of Jesus. This is our mission statement. You'll see it on the front page of, no you won't, you'll see it on the second page, page three of our Towards 100 booklet, leading people to become fully devoted followers of Jesus. As we shine and serve, we invite people to follow Jesus and become fully devoted that they might, may shine and serve as well. Here's the scene when Jesus says it. This is the scene of that moment where Jesus gave his instruction to his church and 2,000 years later, we're still on about the same business. The 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When, he saw, when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age." I don't know about you, I tried to emphasize it really hard then, the three words that you might gloss over when you read this passage, and some doubted. Don't you find that so reassuring, if you're like me? I find that so reassuring. You know, in a moment like this, there hasn't been a whole lot of amens and woohoos through this message as we talk about our vision. I was hoping there would be because this point would be easy to make. But when we come to a moment like this, we're talking about our vision 2028, that there would be those people here, let's get going, come on, we can take... Take the city for Jesus, a phrase I hate. But anyway, that's what, that's what we're, let's get, let's get on with it. Let's go, let's go. They're, they're these are like the people who are out the front and they worshipped when they see Jesus. But some doubted. I find my place more in that second camp often than the first camp. But some doubted. Some saw Jesus alive again, resurrected, giving this moment of commission giving this moment of direction, all that you've seen, that I've done, the way that I've transformed your life, the way that I've come back from the dead, that's pretty compelling. 
And here it is, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go. I want you to complete the thing that I've started. Some doubted. And you might be sitting here today doubting. I was talking with Brooke about the season that we're in and she's getting as frustrated as anyone that we keep taking this platform and reminding ourselves that we're in a pandemic and all of the stuff that's going on. But we did, we did agree that there is this, this sense of disillusionment that's maybe, maybe falling upon us. There's a sense of weariness. There's this sense of, oh, it's, this doesn't feel like the right time to be trying to pump me up for vision. Some doubt it. And yet Jesus, what I love about this, it's, it's not like he just says, don't doubt. Come on, pick, pull your socks up. We've still, still got the mission to go. He just, I just think in, in his grace and in his mercy, he just gets on with it. Just respectfully and gently says, you know what, go. I know you're doubting, but go. Take that first step and maybe your doubt will start to diminish. Maybe as you start to see that I will be with you always to the very end of the age that I'm promising you this, you know, that age is not over yet. That age isn't over till he comes back. I love that Jesus gives this commission even to those of us who would doubt. Just put one foot in front of the other. Just shine and serve. Just make disciples, start, start doing it and see that I'm with you always to the very end of the age. He says it to the doubters and he says it to the sold out, flame on believers. Love God, love your neighbours, make disciples, shine, serve, lead people to become fully devoted followers of Jesus. I can guarantee you nobody is writing an article right now. There's not, there's not a reporter in this building from the Sunday Mail or the Courier Mail. I don't read the newspaper, but whatever the best newspaper is. There's no one here today writing an article of celebration about what's happening here today. They didn't write one back in 2018, the Bayside Bulletin or the Redland Times. Sure, there are plenty of articles written about the church these days. And they might not be on page 16, they might be a headline on the front page, but they're the sort of articles we don't want written and that we don't want to read. And despite the animosity towards the church as an institution at the moment, I believe we are living in an unprecedented time, a rare moment of spiritual hunger, a rare moment of a search for hope, that if we don't get off our pews and start shining and serving, we're gonna miss. This is like a once in a lifetime season. We haven't seen this for decades where people are so thirsty and hungry for something more than they can feel and touch. They don't know it yet, but they're looking for Jesus. And if we would shine and serve, they would find him in us. Here's what I know. God loves this city. God loves the Redlands. God loves the Redlands more than you do. He loves the Redlands more than I do. He loves it so much that he gave it a church. And by a church, I don't mean Gateway Redlands. I mean the church. He planted his church, represented by all the churches that are in existence or have been in existence in the Redlands over the years. And in 2018, he threw us into the mix. And he did it because he loves the Redlands. He wants more churches to reach more people. That's his mission, shining and serving as we do our thing in this city. 
And as the Spirit said to Paul in Corinth, I reckon this is a word for us today. Here it is. This is what gives us hope. Paul was at his wit's end with when it came to Corinth. He wanted to pack up and leave going, surely there's no fruit here. The Spirit says to him in a dream, do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent. To give it context for us, keep shining, keep serving, keep making disciples. Because God says to Paul, for I am with you. I have many people in this city. There are many people in the Redlands who don't yet know Jesus, but one day they will, and it'll be because of us shining and serving alongside all of the other churches in the Redlands, shining and serving. Here's the third S, shining, serving. The third S is that we be set apart. We be set apart. You can track through scripture that when there was a significant move of God, when there was a significant moment that he was about to do something new, God would say to his people through the leaders, get ready, I'm about to do something. But before I do it, you need to set yourselves apart for this new season or this amazing against the odds victory or a reversal of misfortune or injustice. I'm about to do something, but you need to get ready. These moments, God would have his people do something symbolic to set them apart. If it was washing clothes, washing bodies before crossing the Jordan, if it was circumcising all the men and boys at Gilgal, we've got a bunch of scalpels this morning. Who's up for it? No, 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 no. We're not going to do that. Praise God for the cross and salvation. Whether it's pouring oil over the head of David to set him apart to be king, we're not going to do that either. Or whether it's telling, Jesus telling the disciples to wait for power because there's something really big about to happen. The church is about to start, but wait and the Spirit will come and He will set you apart for what's about to happen. And then even as the church is established, there are these moments of setting apart like the seven who would serve because the church was growing and people needed to be fed, people needed to be looked after. So there was this moment of setting apart for, with Stephen and a bunch of other fellows. And then later on, Paul and Barnabas, they, they set them apart. They laid hands upon them and prayed for them as they went off into the known world and planted churches. And what we wanna do today, because I don't know about you, but I sense a new day. I don't just sense it, I'm convinced of it. Not just a new day for Gateway, although it is that, but a new day for our city, for our state, for our nation and for our world. This, is, this has rattled us and there is a new season ahead. This moment again of opportunity for people to encounter in powerful ways the life-changing message of Jesus. But for us, as the rain begins to fall, what a time for it to happen that we would be set apart this morning. We want to symbolize it with something really simple. There's going to be six people, three at the front and three at the back, and they've got a little spray bottle of oil. This is going to be a non-touch setting apart, right? It's just, just simple oil, um, oil being a bit of a symbol in Scripture of, of the Spirit filling someone, symbol. There's nothing special about this oil. We haven't prayed over it or blessed it or anything like that. It's a symbol of what we want the Holy Spirit to do in setting us apart. And what these guys are going to do who have these spray bottles is simply spray it on the back of your hand. Just a simple spray. And then we invite you just to make the sign of the cross in the oil on the back of your hand. And then each of these people are going to pray for you. They're going to pray for you as God leads them. A prayer of calling, a prayer of setting apart. Because if you don't take up the call of God today to shine and serve, we will not be all that we can be in this new day. 
This isn't just the pastors. This isn't just the church staff. This is all of us shining and serving, making disciples as we are set apart for this new day. So those people who have got the oil bottles, we've got Danny and Lisa and Donna, Rob and Jenny, and I'm going to be here as well. There's three up the back and three just like, like you're on an aeroplane. Remember what it's like to be on an aeroplane? It's been a while. I'm just directing you to your nearest exit. We're directing you to the nearest bottle of oil and someone who will pray for you. These are beautiful people, people of, who love Jesus, who are just so excited to pray for you this morning. Just going to have the music play, have this moment of being set apart for what lies ahead. So just when you're ready, just invite you to stand to your feet, make your way to your nearest prayer. Have them spray the oil on your hand, make the sign of the cross, and then they will pray a prayer of calling and a prayer of anointing over you. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If we can pray for you or you would like to take a further step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to get connected with you. Please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au and click on Get Connected to let us know.